Hey, good evening. Welcome to episode 52 of the Midlife Pilot Podcast, a show where we talk all things aviation for those that are starting their aviation journey in midlife. This podcast is about sharing our experiences and the greater community's experiences as a midlifer. So whether you're a student pilot, seasoned veteran, or an enthusiast who maybe wants to learn, we're glad you joined us. I'm Ted. I'm a sport pilot. I'm over here in wet and warm Portland. I fly a flight design CTLS egg. And yeah, I'm not used to saying I'm Ted on this part and introducing myself. <laughs> we have uh, Brian way over in Nashville, literally on Music Row. Yeah, I'm just How you pedaling doing? out here. I'm on the corner. How's it going, Ted? And by the way, excellent job on the intro. I got to wow. say, you did a great job. And thank you for helping me keep my streak alive <laughs> of never having done the intro uh, for this podcast after the two plus years we've been doing it. I've managed to avoid it. Thank you for making that happen. So those of you just joining us may or may not be able to tell by the title, but Ben, the sage, cannot be with us this evening, but he's with us in spirit and he's got some things going on. Uh, but that's kind of part of the new structure, right? Like we have uh, some redundancy so we can keep this thing going on a weekly cadence, which is a, a tougher thing than what we've done in the past. So anyway, the good job on the, the intro. And somebody asked... <laughs> Uh, if that was a new video intro, and the answer is yes. Yeah, we we Brian updated it to match the new logo and there's some some cool words and everything else in there. I really liked. Yeah, if you're on the audio podcast, which is 99.9 percent .9 of the yeah. people that catch this podcast, um, when we do the live stream here, there's some video treats, uh, but we try not to talk about them much because you're probably in your car or walking your dog. <laughs> Which is totally anyway, fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. Yeah. It's acceptable. Oh, hey, look at this. We've already got checkride binder talks. So maybe you can introduce our topic and then we'll bring some of these chats in as well. Sure. So this is not something I did in my checkride. I didn't know about it, but this idea of having everything you need for your checkride in a binder and uh, having it tabbed out and also using somebody's framework for what goes in the binder is really helpful so that you, you're not forgetting things. You don't just have a folder full of random documents and all that. So did you use one, Brian? Yeah. And fun, it's funny because I'm sitting here on a podcast about checkride binders that I knew was coming up, but I didn't even reach over here and grab mine. So hold on one second. <laughs> sure. Yeah. There's a, a great framework that we're going to be talking about. And that's actually on the Midlife Pilot website. And so if you're listening to the, the audio version, don't worry about writing down the things we're talking about. The, there's a framework that will be easy to find. The show notes are incredible as you have done such a great job of actually taking that over because Chris and I were terrible at that. And then you have made it where it's incredibly useful. So if anybody hasn't really taken the time to look at Ted's show notes, you know, like when you have that one guy that you can just rely on so you can skip almost all the classes and the guy's cool enough to give you the notes without any grief about it. You know what I mean? Um, I was the person in high school, but or in college for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's I. It's really I hate it when you know somebody's talking about something. And you're like, I can't Google this. Like you're talking about mm. it on the show, I can't find it. Oh, yeah. you're trying to like give this long URL. People are like yeah forward slash underscore HTTP, and you're like, oh no, yeah, just stop. Yeah. yeah, it's like let me go to your Angel Fire website. Yeah, yeah, like with the little web counter on it. Yeah, the was the banner, the scroll that would go across. Oh yeah. Oh man. What was that web publishing platform? But it was like Microsoft, whatever the just GeoCities was one. 
Right. So there was those kind of things, but then there was like the fr- oh, front page. Oh Remember? yeah. There were the five buttons across the top. You could always tell when a company's website was done on front page because it yeah. was like <laughs> home about, and it's like this very specific capsule look to it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Hey man, we were all there for it because we're that age. Um, <laughs> exactly. You can do our housekeeping real quick. Um, I'll just hammer some of this and maybe I can turn some over to you, but um, yeah. First and foremost, folks, you can support the podcast for 25 cents an episode by going to podcasters.spotify.com forward slash pod forward slash show forward slash midlife pilot forward slash angel fire front page. <laughs> Just check the show notes. The link will be in there. But basically, it's a one-click thing. It takes you to a Spotify thing. It's super easy. And you can help us sustain this thing because it does cost a little bit of money to do this. So please do if you can. Uh, and we'll even read your name. I guess the last one we got was Nate W. And thank you for that. And we'll give you some shine here for your efforts. Uh, otherwise, make sure that your audio people are listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribing there. And if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on the air. And we appreciate all of that. We've got, I think, about 63 reviews so far. I'd love to get to maybe 70 by the end of the year if we can. Uh, Please make a point to do a little bit of a review for us. And it really helps, actually. Um, We've seen a lot of growth over the last six months. It's been really incredible. So uh, let's keep it going. We're on YouTube. We're doing this live. YouTube.com forward slash at Midlife Pilot Podcast. And lastly, email us at midlifepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your feedback. Send us your thoughts. Send us um, expired coupons for Denny's, like whatever you want. Midlifepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and one last thing I'll let you tell people, Ted. Yeah. We also have merch that we've got shirts and, oh, I usually have my Tumblr sitting here. Tumblr stickers. You can go to store.midlifepilotpodcast.com. You can actually also go to swag.midlifepilotpodcast.com. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> because I'm a nice. nerd. I think you can actually go to merch.midlifepilotpodcast.com because that's the wow. kind of nerd I am. Yeah. This is getting crazy. There's all kind of cool stuff there. And it's actually oh, and hats. Yeah. Everybody oh, yeah. And the hats. shirts yeah. and the shirts are a little big. So everybody order the size less than what you think and it'll make you feel better about yourself. Yeah. But they are high quality and people have been enjoying them. And thanks to everybody who's been supporting all that stuff. That's just really cool. Yeah, that covers that. Uh, kind of just go ahead and get into our, our topic, which is uh, binders full of check rides and check ride binders. Yeah. And I can kind of lead off just to say, we've talked a little bit about this before and people have asked us to talk about this more, demonstrate more, explain more. This is not just us wanting to always talk about check ride binders. There's been a lot of interest in this. So we want to try to fulfill the need. Number one, we are not CFIs. We are not DPEs. We are not anything. So we're just mid midlife pilots making our way the only way we knew how. So with that said, I think it's important to understand the purpose of a checkride binder. It's nothing that you have to do, but I will say that my motivation for making one for my private pilot checkride was to, let's just face it, impress the DPE and show him that I am serious about what I'm doing and thoughtful and organized because you have a lot of disparate pieces of stuff. So it's just a nice way to gather everything. And then 
on top of that, I really used mine as a way to, as much as I know that you can go and open the far aim, as long as you know you can go and it's open book to an extent, right? You can get some passes that way. I wanted as many things in my checkride binder that were quick reference. I kind of imagined what are the things I might be fumbling for. Yeah. What am I remembering well and what am I not remembering so well? And then how can I account for those things? And I'll explain later maybe how I did that. But but those are the, I think the, it's just an important maybe to initially just talk, what is the reason? What is the motivation? And I think for me, it was to demonstrate that I took this seriously and, and also that I wanted to have a lot more at my fingertips instead of having to dig somewhere else. Yeah. I think that's kind of, it's part of the midlife thing, right? Is we have experience in life and we know some things you need to be organized for and yeah. be ready for. Yeah. 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 So I talked to Mark, Mr. Wendell Geek last night because he's not around tonight to do this. So we chatted for a little bit because he has a great overview of the binder. And great. I was starting to coalesce people's frameworks together and Mark's was just, may as well just use his. I have the, that audio. We'll, we'll play that now. And then we'll talk about it afterward and talk about it. How much is he charging people for this? Oh man, he should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go into this interview. I really liked your distillation of how to put a checkride binder together. And the part Thanks. that I liked about it was that there were three different sections to it. And it really kind of gave a, a way to categorize and make sure that you've got everything you need instead of just like this list of 27 things. It's like, okay. This is split out. So why don't you tell us? Yeah, that? so I that I didn't get that idea. That wasn't my idea. I got that from somebody else. I don't remember where I got the idea from, but the basic contents are the things that I need to qualify me, the things that I need to qualify the airplane, and then the things that I need for the flight. The things I need to qualify me are, for example, a pilot certificate, a medical a paper copy of the 8710 form, my personal minimums document, a copy of my written exam results, a copy of my ground school sign-off, and then a checklist for all my checkride qualifications, and then my logbook with all my endorsements. The things I need to qualify the airplane are, I own my airplane, so I bring the logbooks with tabs for the annual, the pedostatic transponder test, and then make a copy of the airworthiness certificate, the registration, operational limitations, and the weight and balance, the aero documents. And then I also made an AD compliance worksheet, which shows you go to the FAA, get a list of all the airworthiness directives for the make a model airplane. And then in there's a little line item for each one that says which logbook it's complied with in case DP wants to look that up. The last thing is the things for the cross-country flight, which would be all of my flight plans have been paper flight plans. So paper flight plan with time and fuel estimates, which means physical charts, an E6B and plotter, and a pen and highlighter. And then the night before I print out the current weather reports and then I calculate weight and balance. And I've got two forms of calculation for that. One, which is like all of the stations and each of the moments and the weights at that station. And then put out a little chart. I print out the chart from the airplane and then plot out where our takeoff and landing will be for each of those. And then that's basically it. So takeoff and landing being the runway lengths, the it's that Piper spaghetti no. chart. No. What I'm talking about is that the takeoff and landing weight and balance. If I have, here's my weight and balance for takeoff. And here's my weight and balance after our cross country is going to be an hour and a half flight. I'm going to expect to consume 15 gallons. What's the weight and balance going to be at land? And then you make sure those are inside the envelope. 
I have a little graph that plots the start oh, yeah, let's, and the end point. Yeah, let's look at that. So what you see here on the left is the takeoff weight and balance. Below that is the landing weight and balance at all the points. And then on the right is the envelope. And that little line there is the upper right is where that fits in the takeoff. And the lower left is where it is in the landing for, oh, right. for our flight plane. You said 8710. Yeah. So in the check ride, the DPE is going to log into the a website and see your 8710. But in case the federal government has a problem with their website at a time, I like to print out a paper copy and say, here, here it is. Here's what it was just in case that something goes yeah. wrong. You said you owned your plane when you took your private check ride. Mm -hmm. I rented when I took that check ride. And mm -hmm. so I had to, I went several times with my CFI and alone since you can't take the plane logbook away. And I looked through them. So I made sure that I understood where things were and that the effectively the ADs were in there. And mm. they had it set up pretty well. They had tabs in it of when the 100 hour was and the pedo and that kind of stuff. At least that was ready, but it still makes you a little anxious because yeah. it's not your plane. And oh. did it get a new engine from last month or not? Which yeah, yeah. it's a rental. That was the stress that owning an airplane, I didn't have that. You had the other stress. I did have, I had a whole bunch of other stresses. <laughs> the other stress was I was fully responsible for all of the 80 compliance, right? I was responsible yeah. for the airworthiness of the airplane. So your checklist for checkride qualifications, that's things yeah, like. So, there's a, so if I use an electronic logbook called My Flight Book, and I log all of my flights in there, and there is a pull down there that says, where do you stand on your qualifications for this? And when everything's good, it prints out a nice little checklist that says you've qualified for everything and points to the dates of the gotcha. flights that, that qualified. And so I print that out and take that with me as well. All right. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Yeah. That was, <laughs> we also talked at full speed because it's like, we go full nerd on that too. Your so, time is so important to us. <laughs> yeah. That was great. People are going to have to go back maybe and um, listen back to that and see your notes and everything. But that was uh, about please, as comprehensive as it can possibly be. I hope that nobody listening to this is like scrambling to write down notes on this. We've got that link down in the doobly-doo. Uh, we'll, we'll share it. We're actually going to show it to, to the live stream audience as well. But there's enough to this. I hope you're not writing it down. Make that easier on you. But so it was interesting to hear um what what he was mentioning i felt pretty good i felt like i had a lot of the same things so that's good i think if i was to try and fill in any gaps so yeah i have i had my iacra paper copy that's a very good point um it was already you know the a710 all that stuff already there so expect the unexpected internet outage or website outage but i also had my IACRA, FTN number, and password. So I did that. I did have, I did a couple of extra goofy things just to be a nerd. I had, at least in my program, they had this sporties curriculum and I was the only student that said, no, I want to use the, <laughs> the curriculum. I demanded it. Uh, yeah. And that was how I stayed on track for all of my training. And I took the subjectivity out of the syllabus other than just the evaluations per phase. And sometimes you'd have to go over things or you get half of it done or whatever. And that's fine. But I wish I would have known enough to ask to follow a syllabus mm. for, for that, that formal framework. Yeah, so basically I printed out that 
I also added some things that were, they're not official qualifying things, but for instance, I have my Sporties Academy pre-solo test document that I used as a template for the pre-solo test. And I went ahead and included that in there because it actually has a lot of little answers, procedures and airspace notes and other things. So your pre-solo test written test actually is a nice little reference for a lot of things. So I put that in there to say like, yeah, this is something I did as a sort of qualifying thing, even though it's not necessarily that formal in that way. But I certainly, I just thought it's got information on it. Right. So let's have it in the binder. The other thing I had was all my wings credits. I don't know if Mark mentioned that. Really no value other than just to demonstrate that I care enough to do above and beyond things as opposed to just whatever the minimum is. He mentioned, yeah, the written stuff. I had all my endorsements enlarged and copied on full sheets of paper so that they were not hard to figure out. And then, yes, I had all the things about the flight. But here's the thing I wanted to get to real quick is, you know, he was talking about for his plane, he had to have the actual books and post-its and all that, which is great. Most of us, I would say, are not owning a plane at Checkride. And so what I did was... um, I made a page that was for the plane and I created a essentially a printed spreadsheet that had annual inspection, VOR, 100-hour, altimeter, transponder, ELT, static system. And then basically all the stuff that I had gone through and looked at the plane logs to extract, I populated a spreadsheet in my book that already said, I basically said altimeter, current July 1 due two years from now on on July 31. So there was all, it was a way for me to uh, have all of the expirations, but the terms of everything realistically applied for reference. But when it came to getting quizzed about regulations and things, I didn't have to go to the far aim. I could actually look at the notes I made about the plane in a spreadsheet that was clear about engine, airframe, propeller, current when it's due. And so I was able to just keep myself out of getting, you can have a tabbed far aim all day, but I just didn't even want to, I didn't even want to pry it open. I just wanted to have everything right here. The only other thing that was maybe, I'm not sure if you mentioned that I had differently, maybe is a a type certificate data sheet um, because it had one. So, Hmm. um, and then I had some, oh, and then I went ahead and put actually the POH, the key parts of the POH I put in there too. And lastly, um, I did get one of these templated uh, personal minimums checklists. Yes. And I threw that in there. And by the way, it's kind of funny now to look back, even though it seems like it was not long ago, uh, my crosswind minimums at the time were seven knots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny. I have an asterisk here. He asked me, what's your minimums for visibility in the day? And I said, uh, five miles. He kind of sat back. He was. He said... Have you flown in five miles visibility? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing was, is I said, yeah, because I had done a bunch of my solo flights in the wildfire smoke. So it was, oh. I had a sense of it and that was why I put yeah. it there. But I thought it was interesting because he was, I think a lot of people get get quick on their low visibility minimums. And it's like, no, like five miles is not a lot. Yeah. Smoke you know, visibility feels different than, cl- than mist visibility, but... Yeah, it's. Uh, I went up once with about three mile this, and we did one lap in the pattern. And I'm like, I'm done. We're done here. I, yeah, I want to go now. 
and I feel a little different about that now. But yes, the I can't remember who that's from. That that personal minimums worksheet is really good. It's mm-hmm. you should have that before your check ride. It's something that you need to have thought through, and so the DPE knows that you've thought through it. And not to mention, I used it afterward for for a while to deliberately expand to that. And yeah, assuming you pass your check ride that day, the next day this is on you to think about. So you should be already thinking about it and have a baseline to start with and be. And that's really, I think, overall the whole thing about the check ride is it's just time for you to embody all the things that you need to be thinking about and be prepared for tomorrow you're going to go out without anybody are you thinking through this do you really have personal minimums but the check is also covered in episode four of the pod with you and chris we'll link to that episode we have an episode called demystifying the check and i think that what that was about was just talking about our experiences and the comparison and contrast between the nerves and the anxiety versus the actual outcomes and the realities of the checkride experience. And I think that we did that really just to try to help people that were like us, that were real worked up about it. And then it ended up being a really pleasurable, enjoyable, knowledge gaining experience and something that you'll look back on finally and not feel like it was some gauntlet that you suffered through. Yeah. Uh, Captain Todd said, it's safe for pilots to own that they are nerds. I think that's true of a lot of us midlifers is overthinkers anonymous. Yeah. And we do tend to think through this. Now, did you have, Captain Tall also mentions the sporties checklist. Did you have that? I followed it, but I didn't include the actual checklist. And was that like a check ride checklist? Yeah. It's just all the things you need. I combine because no checklist is comprehensive. Right? There's always going to be somebody that comes up with some other thing that's extra or sure you can do that too i think i had sort of combined a few different people's best lists yeah you know things how about things not to include in a check ride binder <laughs> like the email back and forth when you were getting the gouge on your dpe from somebody <laughs> else <laughs> oh man yeah or, or uh, your fisdo interactions <laughs> here are the, the nasa forms that i filled out as a student pilot oof yeah. Oh, yeah. Or even uh, if they're just empty NASA forms, but I'm going to need these. <laughs> or partially filled out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Biff said that he included his WINGS uh, program certificates. That's cool. I didn't do that. I There is, in Biff's area of the world, there is the, the CIFRA certificate for the DC area. Oh, yeah. And I think that's valid for a year. And so I've seen the email of, you need to do this again. It's like, if I go to DC, I will do this again for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Do whatever you need to do for yourself. We're not here to prescribe it. I think that what you want to rely on when you go into a check ride experience like that is just really knowing that you've done everything that you can do to be prepared. And I think that the check ride binder is just sort of a physical manifestation of that preparedness and thoughtfulness and care regarding what it is that you're embarking on and aiming to do. And it's sort of a final gesture to the aviation yeah. gods to say, uh, all right, I'm here and I'm, I would like to be taken seriously. <laughs> um, yes. So I've done my homework. I've I done believe homework. I'm ready to go. Yes. 
Yeah. If anybody has any other questions or additions or thoughts on check ride binders, throw it in. Uh, we're hearing here, Sifra does not expire. The, the DC Sifra? Yeah. I thought it, yeah. It seems like everything else expires. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's the Sifra the is the dry goods of, it's like the, the MRE of... Yeah. You're like, what's the date on this? Oh, it's 2007. Well, that's okay. Nothing's changed in DC since then. We're good. Yeah. Have you ever had, um, you've had spam, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I used to love spam. I was a Boy Scout, so I don't know. It's one of the I things just, you do. I just think about spam sometimes. You know, I wonder why haven't I had that in years? It's yeah. probably pretty good. Well, Eames is like Cheetos never expire. Same sort of thing. Is it all sodium? Is it just... Yeah, so I was going to say, it's like all salt and fat. I am not a survival expert, and I'm not a highly accomplished outdoorsman. I've definitely done a lot of camping in my life, and especially when I was younger. But I'll tell you, the ultimate fire starter is Fritos or Doritos. Anything that ends in Eidos <laughs> Eidos. is an incredible... Fire started, but I think the Fritos are kind of the best, but you can, you can take one Frito out of a bag and light it and you can sit there and hold it and it'll have a five inch flame burning bright off of it for a while. Now, here's a reason that is interesting is that I have in my emergency survival kit in the plane, I have Tinder, not the dating app. I have actual (laughs) start fire Tinder. Interesting, uh, might consider Fritos in there. Check it out. I'm telling you, because it's food and fire starter. Exactly. Even just a Dorito, it'll blow your mind how, what a torch it is. Anyway. I I uh, feel like I'm out of the age of trying to light everything that that is in sight. (laughs) How does this burn? WD-40 lights very well, by the way. Uh, By the way, our apologies to our audience. Ben is not here. And so this is why we're talking about burning Fritos. (laughs) Um, we have nothing to tether us to any kind of responsibility or reality. reality. Yes. So Captain Todd said, who did logbook summaries? Actually cut that out of the conversation from uh, Wendell Geek and myself. Uh, His logbook pro advanced whatever electronic logbook does a private pilot checkride summary. I use ForeFlight. It does a private pilot checkride summary, which is hilarious to me as a sport pilot. It was very confused. It was like, you don't have enough nighttime. It's like, I have some nighttime, but it's not required for mine. But I understand. I don't expect you to have that. But yeah, so ForeFlight does that as well. If you keep a, a if your only version is a paper logbook, you probably should go through and look at those requirements of the length of your cross country, the amount of night flight, that kind of thing. Do you have have you met all of those? Because the DPE wants to see all those, of course. And what I liked about ForeFlight and throwing the money at an iPad and Century and ForeFlight and everything else is that you've got your track logs in there. So your, your DPE wants to see your cross country and it's like, here it is. And here's the track log showing that I actually did it. I'm not just mm-hmm. making up an entry. And I think that kind of gets you extra credit. He's like, your track log goes right down I-40. <laughs> It stops at Bucky's. Did you go to Bucky's for your diversion? Uh, you landed there. Yeah, <laughs> you went to the, a bar. Yeah, <laughs> it was eleven a.m. <laughs> yeah. So I, I 
that was the other thing I was going to say is that this is more of a check ride thing, but have your flight instructor there on the ready for, if you can, for the oral portion. And I, somebody had mentioned that to me and I just thought, well, I'm just going to let him go do another lesson or like let him, I don't know, he doesn't need to be around. And somebody said, you need to have him around because if something gets weird between your logbook and foreflight or any other, you're missing some little crossed T or a dotted I, he can come and just fix it right away. And of course, there ended up being some weird sort of absolutely tiny <laughs> problem that was, this is going to continue or not. I don't even remember what it was at this point, but he was in the other room basically. And I just went out and I said, hey, this is why I wanted you here. Come fix yeah. this. But I don't know what this is about, but this is not what we talked about. So, so. it was probably an endorsement, wasn't it? Because this was I to get a little weird. It was something about an, it was an hour's, it was a time discrepancy of maybe a quarter of an hour or some very small fraction, a 0.3 that got yeah. misplaced or I don't know, something. And he was yeah. able to. And just go in there and be like, no, he did this, you know, and that's how I got my check ride done at 14 hours. <laughs> Since we've gone off the rails already with this thing, oh, man, I yeah. did send you a link that I was wondering if you could pop into the display here. Is this possible? Is uh, it not is possible? It possible? Do you want me to do it? Uh, I think I can do it. You can screen share it. I, I was going to put it in the doobly-doo, but I like that. Okay, here we go. Everybody, yeah. look at this. That is a Frito. Look how slow it burns. Wow. This is great for the audio podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine there's going to be a link in the doobly-doo of, there's no sound on our part, but yeah, there's yeah. a, there's a, a great YouTube link of, they say corn chip fire starter. We can save Fritos. <laughs> we can save. Yeah. 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 Nate just made it to the chat. Uh, sorry, you yeah. just missed us using Fritos as fire starter. It's CFI approved now. CFI Nate Ballard. He does not approve any of this. We we're yeah we're we, not CFIs. Yeah, this is like what happens when there's no parents home. Nate, we just went through a whole check ride binder thing. If there's any other things you can think of where you've seen a student go wrong or forget something or uh, any you know thing that you always tell a student, please pipe it in and we'll relay it to our audience because. You have the authority to know. He says he's just here for Frito Fest. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. That which is just great. Yeah. Do you think that we could white label some midlife pilot survival Fritos <laughs> that go in people's planes? I'm thinking that you know, back to the Emery's, it's it's completely white with the with the very generic label midlife survival, you know, fire starter slash edible. Wait, not edible. <laughs> come on portland oh man yeah. <laughs> and well, here's this yeah but yeah so what else do we have here we need to talk about today ted yeah so looking at our calendars in the in our little podcast cabal here and talking about when's the next time we get to see each other in april of 2024 what about april 26th, 27th, 28th. Last weekend of the month? Last of weekend April? of April. It's going to sound like it's all self-interest, but we did this once before and it really, really well. And that's right. John Toon Airport, Nashville, Tennessee. The reason why is because it's actually pretty well in the middle of the country. 
it makes it pretty fair for a lot of people to get to. There are a lot of airports here. There are there's a lot of support. There's a lot of mechanics. There's a lot of places. There's a lot of options to rent planes if you wanted to fly here from far away and then rent something while you're here. There's it's a destination city. There's Right by the airport, we've got all kinds of restaurants, pubs, or whatever, uh, Airbnbs. All the resources are just really close. It's really achievable. Ground transportation will be much easier. And what we've learned is with these events is if somebody central to the event is based where the event is happening, it makes it so much easier. When Michael Young had us all to St. Simon's, he was able to pave the path for so many things ahead of us, and it made it an incredible time. When Chris had us out to the Outer Banks, same thing. And we had the the flying here in October of 22 yeah, in Nashville. And it was awesome. Now, one of the things I want to do, we haven't really figured out the activities yet, but we know that we would like to go to this. We've been talking about going to the Swift Museum, uh, which is a destination. Uh, we could also go back to Tullahoma and go back to the, the Beechcraft Heritage Museum, which is yeah. unbelievable. I mean, there's just a lot of options. There's 45-minute flights to a lot of different yeah. fun things to do in any direction, with any number of resources, with any types of runways. And it's just it just works. The other thing we've learned from these get-togethers, and Ted, I'm sure you would agree, is as much as it's great to have everybody there with a plane and flying and flying with other people, it's really just the time that we hang out. That's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to rent a plane. I'm going to enjoy flying with others and uh, see if I can get rides in more planes. And that's what I did on the last one at St. Simon's. And I I had a better time because I wasn't worried about an airplane and I was just able to fly with a bunch of different people and have fun. And so I think that, um, I, so I think that's the, the trick is for people listening and following and whatever it is that, that people are doing. You don't have to have a plane or fly your plane to Nashville for this to be fun. Flying your yeah. plane is great. Showing up is also great. So yeah. showing up and renting a plane is also, there's plenty of options there, but this isn't, you're not let in if you don't buy private plane. In fact, I there is a direct flight from me now. And so I'll right. probably fly commercial to get there. A lot of people like to travel with their families for things like this. This is a perfect scenario where you can come to Nashville as a destination, bring your whole family. They can go and do other Nashville things while you do midlife pilot things or mix them or, or whatever. The last time we were here, we didn't even really go into Nashville or do anything because we were just busy flying and enjoying the simple things. And we didn't really even have to get into a bunch of stuff. It was just real easy going. You know, you can get here beforehand and stay after if anybody wants to understand more about what Nashville has to offer or get recommendations. I can certainly be of help maybe for certain things. You cannot pay me to go downtown. I will not go downtown. <laughs> Nashville, last weekend of April, midlife yeah. pilot fly in and it will be awesome. And we have a, a form that we will put in the doobly-doo that is uh-huh. the way in which we will gauge initial interest to get a sense of how many people are coming or at least intending to come or hope to come or whatever your levels are of interest. And that will help us do a little bit of planning so that we can, because we have to get the Airbnb situation sorted out or whatever. 
but you can get these big rental houses here with tons of bedrooms and a bar on the roof and God knows whatever you can do. <laughs> we can get any number of things going. A filming location on the roof. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, and that was the other thing I was going to mention actually is the last time that we were here, one of the things that was most gratifying, I think for a lot of people was a lot of people make videos on YouTube. So I thought instead of everybody running around filming, I basically brought in a couple of videographers that just mixed it up all day, filmed everything, got in different people's planes for different parts of the day, and they just filmed everything. And then we consolidated all of that footage into a central share on Google Drive. And then when everybody got back, you have this massive pool of B-roll and in-plane footage and all kinds of stuff to go and then create your own experience video. And I guess the way we did it was we just set up like a donation link to the videographers and people could just tip them for whatever they thought it was worth. And our people really took care of them. It, it worked out really well, but we did we interviewed every single person there and then had cut interviews. Yeah. So we had you know, voiceover from each person. We had a lot of B-roll, a lot of action stuff. And it was really the most satisfying thing for me personally, because everybody made all these different videos in their own way from largely the same footage. And that's, I don't know, I just thought that was the neatest outcome. It, I think it inspired a lot of us that may not be the, uh, creative types to get a little more creative because there's there was such a a bulk of footage to to pull from it wasn't just our our two gopros that are mounted to the camera yeah before we wrap up here we do have a bag of words bag of words here i've been holding on to this one for a little while if you have a bag of words you can send it to us at midlifepilotpodcast at gmail.com i have these from Alyssa, and it's been a little while she's um right seat with someone and it's not in her plane but got two clips here so we're gonna play the first again she owns a plane she's used to flying her own plane she's doing radio work in someone else's plane here so here's the first clip Oh my god. god. That's pretty good. Uh, 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 got the second clip here of basically the same thing. Why do I do show the two nine real rabbit burbot and the one one happy other turn it back? I turn five five zero uh stick zero one. Five five zero yeah six oh yeah, I love that. Uh, that's great, man. Um yeah. Send us your bag of words. You know, your failure is our gain. <laughs> and I, the the reason we really did bego words, number one, the most important thing was to make fun of Josh. Secondly, was to show that we all have these. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if you're a student pilot, if you've been in the cockpit for a million years. We all have these moments where it's like your brain just walks away and can't remember anything. English is a foreign language. So we like getting feedbacks of feedback of all kinds at midlifepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Send your feedback, thoughts, poetry, and even get an invite to Discord. It's where we mostly hang out is on Discord. 
if you're listening to the pod, you can also join us at YouTube every week. The link is in the podcast description. You can support us on Spotify for 99 cents a month or more. There's a, again, the link is in the doobly-doo. And again, check out our merch at store.midlifepilotpodcast.com. And yeah, see y'all next week. Bye.